Yeah, the wife was like, hey, I have a conscious now, whatever. Yeah, she, like, left mm. one day. Um, wow, per- perfect summary. I'm yeah. totally not like I have a fucking huge death script here. It's like, yeah, I this mean, has been there. happened in between, I guess. And that has been that for this episode. <laughs> okay, hey, this is Maya and it's Motive. And guess what? Today I have a special guest with me. Yeah, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Tsukari, introduce yourself and don't use your fucking different
going into this story and researching it a lot. I don't know why I was listening to kind of like different podcasts and listening to Fred and Rose West. Like, you know, the UK crimes where they would basically abuse different kids. Anyways, fuck it. But like when it's like that duo couple, yeah, it's like I mean, what yeah, participation does the wife, yeah. Like, I mean, like, yeah, I, there's also like the Barbie and Ken killers. There's a lot of like. Oh, yeah, the Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> she knows it's Canadian bitch. There's like a bunch of like couple, like mm. people, like where one sort of is more deviant than the other yeah. and the one is just like trying to please their yeah. spouse and they're like okay this person is absolutely insane but i love yeah. them and i'm kind of terrified of them so i'm just gonna <laughs> do what they want so yeah there's, there's there's quite a lot of like couples at crimes like that where it's like the and it tends to be the husband that's mm. like i want to do all this deviant shit yeah. and the wife's like i Okay. I Tell me what you what you think by the end of the episode, basically. That's sort of where I first was. I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry for this wife, etc. Right. And then, like, when you dig deeper into the story, you're like, no, I'm not sorry for this bit. Like, right. this woman yeah, yeah, yeah. was involved. And yeah. even maybe more, like, psycho just for enduring and sort of participating into this, like, yeah. so heavily. Yeah. But yeah, um, maybe we should fucking actually start with this story. Because sure. otherwise people are like, why, why is she talking about Fred and Rose West? To say it about Fred and Rose West. Okay, so I split this section of the whole crime, so sort of as like the catch, so like once they actually kidnap her, then the torture, then uh, the company, you'll know what that's all about afterwards, and then the escape. So, and then we discuss uh, the background. Sort of, yeah, it's it's weird, but like it kind of only makes sense for the Tory, yeah. Well, yeah, but then we're gonna revert to the background and sort of see compare their childhoods like their childhoods as well so yeah hopefully that explains something and then we discuss them all too okay cool so on the morning of may 19th 1977 20 year old colleen stan decided to hitchhike from her home in eugene oregon to northern california which again doesn't mean much to us except that hitchhiking was common at that point as well Um, in the 70s, so she basically was going to attend a friend's birthday party. And one thing, even though hitchhiking was common, Colleen was actually quite careful. So, like, she rejected two of the other cars that stopped by. So, one was like full of teenage boys, and that just didn't give her a good vibe. And then um, the other one was. I don't know what the fuck the other one was. I think it was a couple, but yeah, it didn't, yeah, again, give her any, yeah basically anything for her to actually jump into the car with them but when Janice and Cameron stopped it was like a nice couple of her age and they had like a little baby girl basically that Janice was cuddling so she was like safe enough let me go into the car with them they obviously they gave they gave her like some random like you know that they gave her the most basic like names it was like Bob and Susie's. Sure. <laughs> so they, they're driving, right? She went in and she's like, I need to use the toilet. So they actually stop at the gas station. She goes in to use the toilet. And like after she recounts it, because I watched obviously the famous investigation discovery channel and did a documentary on her. And she's actually speaking yeah. like after however many, probably like 20 years. Yeah, like it was... I think 30 years, I think this was recent, like 2016 or something, the documentary came out. So she says she goes out of the car, goes into the toilet, still all safe, 
all like completely normal and like she had this kind of vision but it's kind of a gut feeling but like she says it's a vision basically where she sort of like saw this vision saw like an angel apparition of god telling her get the hell out of there but she doesn't Mm -hmm. and she goes back into the car and then just like 30 minutes into the journey they stop they're like hey just making a stop like in this remote fucking area no reason to stop in the middle of nowhere and she's like okay cool and then she realizes cameron went out of the car and she can't actually see him he immediately like, he opens the um, the freaking back seat holds a knife to her throat then okay i need you to show so he basically forces her to put this contraption on her head that was designed to isolate her from the outside world so this is like a box i have no words to describe this to the audience so sure. it's like this is this is not the main reason you're here to come <laughs> okay i'm trying to find a fucking better image than this so this was shown in the court but yeah please describe how the fuck would you describe this to the audience it's like what the fuck is this okay so we're on for the google images okay wow so basically do you even understand like just from looking at it because like looking at it i don't get like i don't get it wild okay so what it looks like Hmm. is very wow okay so it's (laughs) there's like a hole for the like the head to go in or whatever Mm -hmm. but like there's like multiple layers it's not just like a box Mm. it's like a box with multiple layers with the head part cut out what looks to be maybe carpet or some sort of like this girl is better than me like <laughs> fuck me i had to read about this to understand what this is yes it's carpet how the fuck uh, did you figure that out it just sort of looks like yeah. some form of like thickish material mm. it could be blanket or whatever i don't know but i think that's to muffle sounds like smile see true crime true crime <laughs> and it's yeah it's sort of it has like hinges and stuff so it like can be opened and put on fairly easily i think probably wow that's yeah that's dark <laughs> yep so this is what he basically forces her to immediately put on right so this is just so you understand because i mentioned coffin in like the first line this is not the coffin but this was during the trial as well they just sort of kept this um this contraption this box like for the jury to see throughout all of that trial right. it reminds me you know how to get away with murder yeah. with viola davis yeah and then she just fucking stood there and she's like yeah this is solitary so like now let's just stand in silence i was like this is such a powerful scene yeah yeah it's um it's this but it's great that, <laughs> but like more great okay so so they bring her home also how well i don't understand and it doesn't mention anywhere because obviously you probably will google this by now but like Sankhani pretty much described it it's not like when somebody gets out of the car with this on their head they're not noticed even if it is like a short thing from like a pathway to like their house in their basement yeah like how did they even pull this off it's like a couple with a small baby that's probably crying was this like Like, during the day she's hitchhiking going to like friends birthday parties so i don't know did they wait until night N- nothing ever mentions this and i'm okay. just like this is bizarre because they capture in a car they must have waited till night because that's like really weird like if i was a yeah. neighbor and i saw yeah, like, exactly someone walking from a car to a house with like a fucking box that looks heavy as fuck it's like as if you had like a container of yourself it's not even like exactly. halloween costume this is fucked up this is creepy as shit yeah. 
So yeah, that's the part that I can't find anywhere. It pisses me off. So the first stop and for actually, how long did they say? I think for the first few months, they kept her with that contraption that you've seen like in the basement of the house. While Cameron, who was like a skilled woodworker, that's why he fucking designed this, <laughs> designed this fucking shit and then the coffin or whatever. At that time, he was like actually constructing another box. Yeah, that was approximately the size of a coffin. Oh, you know what happened? So partially, I was researching this on the fucking bus, like, listening to, to the podcast and like writing down the notes, right. which apparently fucking half of them is just gone, apparently now. And this elderly lady was just sitting next to me. I was like, woman, you don't you don't want to be nosy right now. Because I was literally like, sadism, and she was just looking at my phone. She just turned her head in disgust. I was like, fuck no, she probably thinks I'm disturbed. It's cool. Okay, so what psychologists describe as well is once you're first found in a hostage situation, especially this fucking weird, and once you're isolated, you start being obviously increasingly agitated and like anxious in the first like couple of days. Mm. So you start behaving erratic and like kicking off, obviously screaming, trying to, to get some help, try to get yourself out of like out of that situation somehow. Yeah. So she was doing that in the basement. So they would still keep the same routine that I mentioned in the beginning. So they would right. still basically just feed her, let her use the toilet what, once a day. And then she would just remain completely isolated for like 23 hours right. a day in the box. And once she was now behaving this erratically, in the fucking um, first couple of weeks, she thought like, hey, she heard the door and she heard Cameron was coming again to fucking torture her like for the second time that day. Right. But it was Janice. And she, she just literally, like, she lifted the fucking box off her and she just asked her, what is wrong? <laughs> Sorry, what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't understand this family. Like, how do you have a child? Like, it's like, oh, what, what's wrong? And she, like, Colleen just remembers that moment as in, how do you even comprehend this? And the only thing that actually came out of her, she's, I'm cold. What is the first thing that I can even actually just relate to this person? Like, yeah. what do you mean? What is wrong? Like, I'm in a bar. <laughs> this is not something I would do, you know, on a daily basis. Like, of course, I'm like behaving differently. And then basically, yeah, she went upstairs and like just brought her blanket. But that was just that, that just that event that she just couldn't fucking comprehend afterwards as well. Right. Okay. So all that time, they're planning to move houses. And Cameron, in the meantime, is like, hey, well, obviously, we're bringing her along with us because she's my sex slave now. She can't stay in this box. I'm going to make another one. And she makes it like she makes it genuinely in the shape of a coffin. Like, <laughs> I don't even have to like Google this picture to like let you, you know, describe it because it is a fucking coffin. Right. Hey, okay, please explain this to me. So they moved to the new house, right? Right. Which is kind of, I think they say it's like a trailer. And they place her under the bed, but it's waterbed. Don't waterbeds, like, I always thought the waterbeds, like, are just on the floor, isn't it? They don't need a bed I mean, frame? I guess like... they have, like, a base board, like... Base waterbed? So that, so what, that, is like... this what is this couple? Like, how are some parts of this story so jokey? Like, I yeah, don't I understand. It's, it's, it's like, weird. oh, no, it's like, <laughs> you know, we have a small child, but we just kidnapped the girl and we're keeping her in the basement. We're asking her what is wrong. And then we're moving and we sleep on the water. But what is wrong? <laughs> yeah, they sound <laughs> insane. But I mean, I think, um, yeah. So it will still be on the bed frame. Be like, yeah. 
I don't know about you, but like I have fucking wild imagination. I always, when it comes to these hostage fucking stories, first of all, what I think about is the basic needs. Like, how yeah. would I fucking survive in a box for 23 hours a day without pissing and shitting? Like, yeah. that's my first fucking thing. Yeah. When I feel about any hostage situation, I'm like, no, I need like some basic needs. I'm like, okay, feed me once a day, but hello, I need to get out. And because it was, well, wherever the fuck they were based now, I forgot which fucking county, which, you know, people from the US are gonna love, the box would actually reach like 100 degrees during the summer. Oh, Jesus. So, like, imagine, she's just like, there's no ventilation, of course, she's under a bed in a yeah. box. Again, I just, like, there's parts of the story that are just like, so great. How does she, I mean, like, it's just, mm. I mean, I guess because they take her out for that one hour, but like, how does one, like, survive in that condition mm. at all? Once he was actually transferring her from one box to the next, like she was freaking out. She's like, okay, this is weird, I'm outside. Yeah. Also, one major thing that I forgot to mention, I think for the first eight months at least, mm. she was in the box, she had a blindfold on as well. Oh. So it's not just that she is isolated by herself, like in a box, they put her with a blindfold on as well. Yeah. So that just like plays sort of into this whole like mastermind game of like brainwashing, etc. It's just like, yeah. yep. He's like the only person, yeah. Yep, he's the only person, yeah. That he sees, she sends, like, you know, it's moving day, right? Yeah. I go to the new house, he's gonna move her to the, like, freaking box. This is, I think, the first time he takes her blindfold off, and this is the first time she actually has a look at him, at, like, the captor. Right. And she's, like, obviously freaking out. She's like, okay, this is already odd. Yeah. And she sees a coffin on the floor, and she's, like, freaks out. Because what she thinks, she doesn't think he's gonna hold her in a fucking coffin for seven years. She thinks he's gonna kill her and like she's gonna be died and buried. Right. But he sees like a ventilation system kind of thing. So like, in the space for her head, I don't fucking know again, I can't find it. But like basically is a space for her to breathe so in a form of yeah, ventilation or whatever. So she's like, okay, at least he's gonna keep me alive. Again, I don't know how you feel about this but like when I think about fucking hostage situations, I'm like I know there's survival instinct. Yeah. I get that, but at certain points in this story, I would genuinely probably just try to either hurt myself or something would be like, just fucking kill me, man. Like, what yeah, do you mean I'm in fucking box? I mean, I don't know if that's wrong or if I was actually in that situation, I would be like, no, I'm going to do anything to survive for right. like seven years. But yeah. cheers to this woman, because I genuinely don't understand this part. I mean, yeah, I guess she's a fighter. Because like, uh, same, I feel like I'd be like, Hmm. very defeatist about it yeah. that's fucking miserable you don't know if you're gonna make like you're gonna make it out ever yeah. you're like this is the rest of your life as far mm. as you know I would, ca- I would cause as much trouble I'd be like fucking yeah. kill me like yeah. if you're gonna do something do something like I just yeah. I couldn't I don't know like and obviously obviously she doesn't have like a choice mm. it's not like she has any like tools in order to like do anything because if she did she'd probably find a way to escape but like i don't know it's so fucking twisted yeah yeah i know myself i would be like no fuck it you don't let me piss i'll piss like here and now fuck it if you punish me or whatever i'll i just don't understand how this survival thing obviously i was never luckily in that situation yeah but always like try to imagine i was like how fucking strong was her survival instinct for like this many years mm. throughout like all of the ordeal okay so let's move to more grim stuff okay cool so they moved to the new house right of course this guy designed this whole fucking house 
lovely to like, prepare himself to like, properly welcome the sex slave. Now we're going on to the torture. So like the ordeal that she was going through that one hour yeah. a day. So he would like get her out of the coffin. So she was whipped, electrocuted, and despite his wife's initial protestations, she was also raped. Now is the time to explain this wonderful, how would you say, energy? No energy. Synergy of this couple. Sure. You know, how, how this uh, fucking relationship worked. worked. And, yeah. Like, to, to begin to understand how this wife allowed a husband to keep a sex slave and torture her, like, and keep her for seven years. Okay, yeah. so, this lovely couple, yeah? We're gonna get to the background, but, of course, he used to torture his wife. Right. Once they married, etc. So this was nothing odd to her. So she realized at some point she can't tolerate this any longer. Yeah. Yeah, and he just like fucking want, like wanted to do it continuously and more often, of course, because it doesn't just stop, does it? Right. So she was like, okay. He suggested, I want to have like a sex slave, and then you know I'll stop like torturing you. I'll stop like you know sort of expressing this onto you. Right. She was like, okay, let's make a deal. You get a sex slave, I get a trial. <laughs> this is this oh is how it works. This is the deal, okay? So yeah, we are we are talking like normal conversations. Yeah, dinner yeah. table. It's like, hey, honey, how was your day? Okay, I want a sex slave. What do you want in return? Trial. Good. Shake on it. Oh my god. <laughs> Shake on it. That was it. This is how, basically, he started pre-planning this. She got preggers. Yeah. That small child came into the story. Like, you know, she's holding her, the kidnapped girl. We are back in the fucking room of Cameron and Janice. His favorite part, and he practiced this on Janice and his wife before as well, was so after the torture, he would actually like choke her. And just like as she was like fucking have her last breath immediately. He knew like actually when it comes to torture, he was pretty skilled as well. He knew exactly like he knew not to let like the marks that could be infected. This was the daily practice. Like he would always choke her at the end. And he used to practice this like with his wife as well. So it's just like additional level to a fucking psychological torture. It's just like, yep, this is coming and it might be your last breath and you're basically in my hands. Yeah. Yeah. Not just that. But the rare times he would actually bath her, of course, he would bath her. Right. He would submerge her hand, like her head under the water as well. And again, submerge it like exactly to the level where he realizes like she's going to pass out. Yeah. Okay. And then like when she talks about this in the interview, like she says it's these moments in particular when she would like really try to disassociate. And, like, try to think about it as, as an observer rather than she's in her own body. So, mm-hmm. sort of, like, completely disassociating, like, this is not happening to me. Yeah. Like, just, yeah. Again, again, that's probably one of the fucking techniques that she managed to use. But it's just beyond me. Oh, yeah, she says it's like a floating sensation as well. Mm-hmm. Like, that whole experience. Which, again, I can't relate to, luckily. But right, yeah. it just must be, like, something that she realized, like, works for her. Yeah. Like she managed to just disassociate from that. This is the torture part, yeah? And then in terms of, obviously, as I mentioned, she was under the blindfold for most of this ordeal as well, during the torture as well. He took her blindfold off when they moved the house and when she saw the coffin. Second time he takes her blindfold off, he puts a paper in front of her and asks her to practice her signature. Do you have any idea where this is going? 
She's no. like, what the <laughs> fuck? Practice her signature? Yep. Because wow. this goes to the next level. And... <sighs> okay. She's like, she's there. She's like, my life. I'm first, like, for the first time in, like, a year I'm holding pen and paper. What is happening? Yeah. As soon as she uh, finishes practicing her signature, he puts a contract in front of her. <laughs> and he's like, it's what? a slave contract. Yeah. Why? So his brainwashing techniques is... Yeah. I mean, okay. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to understand what the point of a contract is. Like, you're already torturing her. Yeah. The point of contract is that he... You'll see where it goes, but, like, I think it's kind of that domineering thing. Like, he's completely in control of her. Okay. So basically, while this woman is down in the freaking coffin, this family has a typewriter... Yeah. And they're typing up, like imagine how easy it was in the day, you didn't even have to fucking nail the font or know like, hey, which font does the freaking newspaper use? Or also, if you blindfold somebody for like a year and then they see like an excerpt from like newspapers, newspaper article, yeah, they're gonna believe it. So, yeah. Janice out there, like up there, or probably, I don't actually know who typed this up. That would be interesting, mm. again, to know like how much Janice actually participate here. Yeah. So they type up this news article saying basically, um, the whole world is like enslaving young girls. It's like it's proper credible shit. Like the right. whole world is enslaving young girls and yet they're like, everybody needs to fucking sign like slave contracts something along those lines so he so, so, like shows her that yeah. and then shows her the sale con- like slave contract yeah so basically that like the slave on- contract would force her to give up her own free will and just allow herself to be treated as couples personal property he plays this um more and more with years but basically immediately with that contract he assigns her a slave name which was k and then he commands her, like, so to call him master and Janice ma'am. Okay, so the point of the contract is, I feel like it's two parts. So one is, like, for, obviously, for him to have, like, complete control over her, right. like him and Janice. But also, after she signs the contract, she's able to get privileges. And in a way, that way, then she sees, like, him as her savior kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Because with time, he completely brainwashes her and tells her all these stories about like, her privileges and how it's unheard of what he actually does for her, you know, compared to other, like, fucking slave masters, etc., etc. So, like, he now is like, okay, cool, you have proven yourself. Now you can sort of go upstairs and do chores, babysit my kid, with two kids in the end. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I'm your master, but hey, look at how great you have it, like, compared to the whole world that's being enslaved kind of thing so yeah. it is both parts it just again plays to like just the brainwashing the cool couple right that's no, kind of what i wanted to ask you because i thought you were like you forget with the slavery thing mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah i think you have a slight idea of how slavery triggers me <laughs> but yeah oh yeah, yeah you wanna you wanna yes. tell people about that ordeal that you went through with me i mean i guess yeah when we watched uh 12 years slave mm-hmm. you're like fucking tears man you're like fucking bawling way more emotional than i could be because i just cried but like you're like sobbing i just i could not deal with that movie of course it's you know it's very it's an empathetic thing i just don't cry but like 
Yeah. Just... I just looked like Scully looked at me like I was fucking disturbed. Because <laughs> I just cried for like, that movie lasted what, two hours? I cried for two hours straight. I like, yeah. we were in the cinema, yeah. I was sobbing and Scully every two minutes would just look at me like, oh god. It's like, she was just looking at the screen like, yep, just another representation of black history. It's, it's cool. Yeah. And I was just like, this is so sad. Like, I still can't watch a fucking movie. I still cannot deal with that fucking movie. Anyways. Yeah. When I was reading this, I was again, again, I was the same. I didn't think like where this was gonna go because I was right. like, you had enough brainwashing, just keeping somebody isolated. Yeah. So again, I was like, there was no fucking need to invent this whole plot. Again, it just speaks to like to their fucking minds. Yeah. And how much was his wife actually participating in this? Right. Just fucking plotting news articles out there. Like, woman, get a life. You have kids. I <laughs> just, it's just because like. They already are doing whatever the fuck they want with mm. him, right? And, like, he's just, at this point, mm. as far as she knows, as far as everyone knows, like, he could potentially do whatever he was doing eternally until mm. one of them died, right? Mm. But, like, now he's, put, like, inserting a narrative that wasn't necessary. And I'm, yeah. like, confused yeah. as to, like, why he's like, okay, yeah, no, everybody has slaves. And, like, I'm the best master ever. It's, like, it fucking doesn't matter, man. (laughs) I'm still a slave. Like, I'm still being, like, tortured. And, like, Mm. I'm still being isolated. Like, it's not... What what difference does it make? Mm. I mean, it just... The only thing that makes sense, I guess, is that it's probably just, like, more a psychological torture. Mm. Like, it's just playing with her mind more. Mm. And if that's what the thing is like he just wants to play games with her brain mm. i guess i understand why he introduced the narrative but like past that like if his kink is the or his like deviance is the sexual and torture stuff of it like i don't know what the psychological part comes yeah. in for well this is where the next part of it comes in because okay. it kind of just escalates right. so it is still to do with the slavery so basically he now like she signed a contract right now is like the time when real brainwashing starts because obviously he has all control in his head with this contract doesn't exist like it's a valid contract but she doesn't know that yeah. so he convinced her that like it would be pointless for her to escape Basically, if she ever managed to escape, a secret organization called The Company would find her and kill her and her family. So, like, he tells her oh, that he was a member of The Company, an international criminal organization that enslaved women like herself. So the company is the one behind the contract, right? Right. He is the good guy, right? Yeah. (laughs) He's the good guy. He's keeping such good care of her. And it's this company that is watching everywhere. Okay. okay, so this will come into play because, again, it just constantly is on her mind now. Yeah. It's like she is just being brainwashed daily by whatever he tells her. Yeah. So the way Janice plays into this is that, like, the limited time she has with her, with Colleen, she tells her that, actually, Stan was a good guy, again, enforcing this because he saved her from the company by marrying her. Mm-hmm. So as in, like, she was one of the slaves, but he married her, and look how great it's played out for her. So, right. like, it's gonna be all great for Stan. Okay. This company, just for you to understand, like, how much this company played into this. Okay, so Stan is, like, in the, fr- in the coffin during the day, one day when he was at work, right? Mm-hmm. And she's, like, wiggling. She's, again, anxious, like, trying to deal with it. And she breaks the foot of the coffin, so she was obviously locked under the chain in it. Yeah. So she breaks the foot 
And it's like that moment where I was she's gonna run. Right. She's gonna escape. Finally, fuck's sake, run woman. She yeah. doesn't. She just stays there because she knows like, in her head, yeah. even if she tries, the company's watching. Right. And yeah, and like she's dead, her whole family is dead. Like basically like, he everything. knows where they live, he knows everything about her. Yeah. I mean company knows everything about her, company knows where her family is where they live and she just stays there and Cameron comes back home and he's like actually so happy because he's like I have all the power over her she actually didn't run so like she thought she was gonna get punished but she wasn't well beyond the normal what normally would happen beyond yeah so okay did he develop this company thing like after he like in terms of like do you okay is maybe you'll no, because mm. you know more about it. But, like, did he, like, plan the company thing before he kidnapped her? Or, like, know. after he kidnapped Because like, yeah. if he only then thought of it after, I guess that makes sense. Where he's like, wait, what if she tries to escape? But I don't know why he would introduce it so late. You know? mm. I don't think he had the company as such in his mind when he was, like, 15 or whatever. Sure. But he had this thing of, like, enslaving women. Mm-hmm. You know, like, Silence of the Labs, but like, that whole thing, what yeah. it's based on. So, like, him, kind of, like, Harry Heine, like, in his youth, like, you could see, sort of, like, this was his dream. Like, hey, have a basement, enslave, like, multiple women, have a family like that, right. torture them, do with them whatever the hell they want. So, like, I think there was a vision. Okay. And then it was just defined, because he actually got a girl now. Right. He just so, developed yeah. the plan as he was going. Yeah. I think so. I mean, hey, I somebody, mean, sure, somebody knows know, more detail. Like, yeah. Fucking, what the fuck? Yeah, but no, this was the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, she doesn't escape. Like, yeah. this could have lasted, like, for short a period of time. Yeah. But then again, what I think about this case again, because I'm trying to, like, picture, like, how would I freaking react? Like, in terms of. Because I think, like, when the survival instinct actually kicks in, I would be like, okay, how do I prove this? Because mm-hmm. even if I was to escape now, what am I, like, either leaving behind or I mean I don't know if this was in her head but I would right. have thought like okay I escape now they figure out once they're home even if this company is watching etc like what am I leaving you behind what if they get rid of whatever the coffin the torture chamber like Janice is like no what, what are you on about like we have a family you know two kids mm-hmm. like in this particular situation as well I was just like, I don't even know was this like something that would be playing into like in her mind, but it is in mine because I'm like, how do I prove this? Right. If I run to the happened. police now, yeah, how do I actually prove, hey, I was there? Because they can very easily just get rid of like everything. I think personally, what if I thought that I wouldn't be able to prove it, I'd mm. still want to leave. Mm. <laughs> like, at the end of the day, like, if I've if I've survived this long and I'm trying to survive and live and whatever Mm. and like I think the only thing I guess that's keeping her there is the idea of her family being killed because at this point she could also he could just decide to kill her the next day you know what Mm. I mean so like it's probably more now at this point just like like my family doesn't deserve to be killed because yeah. I escaped from my master or whatever, you know. Yeah. Which is like really shitty, but. Mm. Oh no, that's that's a really good point because he plays on that later as well. This company thing is just developing. It's just yeah. in the early days. Okay, so that's a potential escape. So now we are sort of 1980. So that's what three years after she was kidnapped. 
For three years, he developed this, like, he brainwashed her, blindfolded for almost a year, signed a slave contract. So she, he has this much power over her that she's helping around the house, she's doing the chores, nothing mm. fun, etc. She's even jogging around the neighborhood. And there's this, like, you know, one of those, how do you call it? It's not reincarnation. What the fuck is it? And they do the thing of the events. Can't the what? The word. You know the crime shows when they do this weird replay of the events. Oh uh, right, like the um re what re what re reenactment. Reconstruction. Reenactment. Okay, reenactment. Cool. Yeah. So there's this one like in the um, ID documentary where she's just like you know this woman that plays her is like just jogging about and yeah. she's just like paranoid about anybody watching right it's like somebody's just doing gardening and shit and she's like no they're part of the company she can't run right so it's just like that wow. that's the level so she would be allowed like uh, like outside of the house as well she would babysit the kids obviously the kids didn't know that like they thought she's the actual babysitter yeah, and therefore she leaves like but no she goes in the fucking coffin under the bed right. One day, because, okay, one thing about the hookers is they weren't well off. So they were actually, like, pretty poor. Mm-hmm. So, like, they are quite struggling with the finances now that Janice has another child as well. And I think she's a stay... I'm pretty sure she was this whole time, like, stay at home. You know, okay. mom had to okay. take care more more about the fucking slave situation sure. rather than her kids. Yeah. But yeah. One day, basically, Cameron just gives her, like, after this torture fucking session, he would, he just gives her walnuts to crack during the night. Mm. And, like, walnuts are apparently really hard to crack. Yeah. And she just, like, she's like, okay, fuck it, it's something to do. So in her coffin, she stays, like, the whole night cracking walnuts that then the next day he would sell at the market. And it's every day, like, they would be like, okay, cool, she's useful, so she does this knitting or crochets like different things as well and then they could tell yeah. she like, basically just becomes this person they're now using as well right but hey at least for her she remembers this as part of like hey at least i had something to do right like yeah. at least you know it gave me something to like distract myself from like this fucking whole ordeal i was going through yeah so in 1980 as well what she does now that she has some sort of privileges she actually asked cameron for a present. I think, I don't know, was this his birth? No, I think they didn't acknowledge, like, only one of her birthdays. But anyways, so she asked uh, Cameron for a Bible. And surprisingly, he actually gives her one. Okay. And then it's not just that. It's like Cameron and Janice start converting themselves as well. Well, like converting, converting is a strong word. Yeah. But they would read this Bible as well in bed. Yeah. And it just, again, plays to my mind, can she, I mean, I know that she's in a coffin, can she hear it? Just imagine you're just lying there yeah. by yourself as well at night, trying to fucking like, get some sleep, forget what happened during the day, and you're just listening to your captors read the Bible. Just the irony of this yeah. story, again. Yeah. <laughs> like, again, the waterbed, they're on a fucking waterbed reading a Bible. Yeah. They have two children, like, I don't understand the concept that the marriage is in the 70s, okay? I don't. Wait, so are they, they're, they're becoming Christian because, like, okay, so Colleen asked for the Bible. Yes, so Jenny so sort of, like, start going to church herself and, like, sure. try to get them, because her whole, like, his wife's whole ordeal during this thing Mm. is a he's gonna 
stop like fucking torturing me mm-hmm. and just express it on sex life that doesn't go mm-hmm. according to plan at all so it's like it's okay he can change and then obviously he sort of like she sort of starts to like, find some solace in like going to church and she doesn't confess to like you know people in confessions like because obviously it's fucking bizarre anyways people she confesses to in the church kind of thing he's like i don't know cheating husband and shit but you know they're like oh that's okay you know yeah they're like yeah it's fine your husband is cheating on you but like yeah so she sort of tries to exploit that more for his sake or more like well more for her sake by saying like yeah he can you know he can change Mm. it's it's like we're too deep into this woman we are way too deep for him to change he he didn't change when he married you and was married to you a couple of years he will not change now is this guy what the fuck Okay, so there's a few things that happen. Yeah, 1980 is a wild year for the hookers and for fucking Colleen. Because there's a lot of things that start happening now that they actually have this overpowering control over her. So, hey, yes, Colleen discovered God. She discovered Jesus. Not Colleen. Yeah, both of them. Janice as well. Mm -hmm. But her privileges now, Colleen's privileges kind of actually go to the bounds of... So she is allowed outside of the house. But not just that. Janice actually uses her as her friend. The the saddest part of this story is that she was actually Janice's only friend. So during this year, she actually would go out with Janice as well. And Janice would have, like, some affairs that Colleen was aware of. And she would just... Basically because she was only allowed to be in the presence of her master or madam, right? Sure. So, you know, if Janice was to have an affair... Colleen would be there, like, third wheeling and just, like, standing and waiting for her to finish. Yeah. And then, yeah, come home. Um, but, yeah, basically, Janice, like, whole thing was, hey, Cameron's gonna be jealous, right? Of course not. Cameron had complete control over two women. Yeah. One of which was his sex slave. The other one, he equally tortured. Yeah. It's like, of course Cameron's not going to be jealous. Like, yeah. how is this even, even a thing? So... Colleen participated in that as well this year. And the most bizarre thing that they kind of brought at a trial as well is that didn't go into her favor. Because during this year, uh, she would also write him... I think this was honestly... Like, I genuinely think this was her coping mechanism. And, like, this is something smartly I would probably do in this situation. She, like, wrote him, like, love letters. So she would... But it worked into her favor right. then and there. It didn't work like as much for okay. the trial. Because in the right. trial, they were like, no, they were like together. What, what do you mean? Yeah. So she would write cards expressing her love. And it made him like, less aggressive. And she even gets a gift. I think it was like for her birthday. It was like the only kind of gift that they give her. And he's like, you can phone your family. So, he's obviously standing right next to her. She phones her and um, her sister picks up the phone and she's like, finally, like, what the actual fuck? Right, because she just, to their knowledge, disappeared one day. Basically, what she doesn't know and what they don't know is, like, her family was obviously, like, worried because she never made it to her friend's birthday party. They did try, like, searching for her. Mm -hmm. There was never any news of, like, any bodies or anything. And guess what else is popular in... 70s and 80s. Cults. <laughs> I love she's like, cults fucking know this shit. So they were like, yeah, she just uh, went on join a cult. Like, luckily, hey, she's alive. Yeah, she's like right. phoning in. Yeah. It's all great. But she just is really vague on the phone, just doesn't actually explain anything to them, which again plays into their fucking idea that she joined a cult because she yeah. can't say anything. Yeah. And yeah, she drops the phone, and yeah, Cameron is just like, oh, look at me, like, such a great slave master. Okay. 
1981. He goes a step further because he believes his control of her is so like omnipresent. He even like he's just like one day he's like hey guess what this has been unheard of through the company and like they would be really pissed if they knew I was doing this because you know but I'm such a great guy. So what I'm going to do is allow you to visit your family. No, she's like, okay, is this suspicious enough? Yeah. <laughs> These levels of kindness have never been, like, expressed. What you need to do is just kneel down. And I was like, it's for a blowjob, like, after this many years. And yes, it doesn't go there. Mm-hmm. He pulls out a gun. He's like, to prove your loyalty to the company, put a barrel into your mouth and uh, pull the trigger. Sakani, Sakani looks upset. Sakani is pissed off for this game. I'm so fucking confused by every little thing that he does. Because, like, none of it to me, like, makes any logical sense. And I'm, like, trying to make sense of an, a clearly unwell person's mind, mm. right? What? <laughs> Just, like... It's again just showing to him yeah. how much power he has. Yeah, for, so of he course. Just like, yeah, yeah. Because, like, okay, so, like, he's. Mm-hmm. This, Please, this, this company thing uh-huh. is so inconsistent to me. And I know she obviously could not mm-hmm. think it that all that way through. Because, again, she's a slave. She doesn't have mm-hmm. any control over whatever the fuck is happening. But, like, so he's. <laughs> He says, I'm doing stuff that the company doesn't know that I'm doing, but at the same time uses this thing of, like, the company's always watching. Mm. These are very contradicting, like, things where he's like, I'm just doing what I want. I'm being so nice to you Mm. and the company doesn't know. But if you escape or if you do bad things, the company will know. Even if I don't know, the company will know. How does that make sense? Exactly. No, but that's exactly that. Because, like, I think she is... Like, he believes she's that brainwashed by this point, and she is, which we'll prove and multiple right. times during this. Yeah. Because he tells her exactly that, and then, okay, so she pulls the trigger, mm-hmm. nothing happens, right? right? As in, of course, it was empty, like, okay. it was an empty gun. He's like, cool, yeah. yeah, you passed the test, good, congratulations. Again, what are these, like, tests, like, that he puts her through? Anyways. Right. But then, he's like, okay, by the way, I'll drop you off, yeah? Uh, you'll have a weekend with your family. But the company is always watching. Again, as you said. Yeah. It's like, they don't know about it. Like, this has been unheard of. But, like, they have allowed it, right? But they'll be, like, they'll be watching. Again, but she is believing this to the point that she thinks, like, anybody, like, any neighbor. Or maybe even they're in the house, right? Like, maybe there's one of their family members. Like, she doesn't fucking know shit. Because he brings like, to that point. Yeah, so he drops her off. She goes in. Her family's obviously, like, super happy, like, fuck me after, what, four years of not knowing where this woman was. Mm. So she loves, like, everything where she is, again, trying to be as vague as humanly possible. Doesn't actually tell them, like, anything much. So it was supposed to be a weekend, but actually, the next day, he rings her and he's like, I'm picking you up in, like, ten minutes. And she's like, fuck, like, this was supposed to be a weekend. Why, like, okay, again, speaks to his paranoia. Yeah. Because, like, he can't now, like, what, for four years, he knows exactly where this woman is 24 hours a day. Sure. Now he suddenly doesn't. Yeah. He can't let her happen. Like, what if she told something to the family? Yeah. Now is the most bizarre thing, and I'm going to pull Google again. Okay, so he goes to pick her, pick her up, right? This, I don't understand. Like, did he do this again, um, like, to prove that, hey, I have this much power over her? He actually comes to the door. 
he introduces himself to the family mm. as her fiance. And like the family's like, oh my god, she has a fiance, right? Like yeah. this was like, whoa, like actually it's it's great, you know, maybe she's not in a car, whatever is happening. Yeah. Her mom actually suggests to take a picture of the two of them. Right. This is the picture. <laughs> they look happy, they look yeah. like a fucking couple. Oh god. I exactly. feel like it makes me sick because like mm. I know she's doing this to survive, obviously. Yeah. There's they, there can't be really a part of her that's like in that state of like whatever glee she seems to be in right there. Yeah, exactly. So they again at the trial they're like, sorry, but look at this. It's a it's a, just a picture of a happy couple. Right. And this is the part that I found so bizarre. First of all, who is just like, it's like hey hey, we haven't seen this woman for like so long. Yeah. Let's take a picture of her, like you know how she looks like now. Yeah. It's a fiance. I mean, I guess to the fam, like for the family, it's just like any little bit that they can still have mm. of her or whatever, and like at least it's a current picture of her, and they can only assume that she's going on to have mm. a fairly happy life, even if they're not in it. Yeah. And I, oh god, ew, I hate him so much. Yep, they take that famous picture. He, uh, he takes her home, but he is spooked. Like, he is paranoid beyond anything, and she has no privileges for the next two years. She's, again, back in the fucking box. Back in the box, back to that routine. And he's just, like, because he is just spoke, like, what if she told something to her family? Mm. Which, again, doesn't reason, like, if if nothing happens, if you're not caught in a fucking week. Right. Let the girl out. What, What is playing in this guy's head? After, like... Even like two months, if yeah. nothing's happened, if no police have come, yeah. if there's no suspicious activity or whatever, yeah. like obviously she didn't tell anybody. Oh yep. my god. This is, it's not just that he's spooked and like he just keeps her in a box. This is when the torture escalates as well. I, t- I don't think that they display, I don't know if they display this at the trial, but he introduces the stretcher. The thing is, I, what I don't understand here is because the stretcher is obviously where he like stretches her body to the maximum. Yeah. But he again knew where to stop. Yeah. But that's the thing, like how do you know if somebody spends that much time? Like she must have had like muscular atrophy and like stuff like because she wasn't moving. Yeah. Like so how do you even know to that point? Like what I don't understand is like how did this guy know exactly where to stop because he would handcuff her or whatnot. So like how did he know when these decisions would not like cut right. her to the infection point and stuff because I'm like I understand he's you know he knows his woodwork sure cool yeah get that but then how do you know to these extremes when somebody's been confined to just lying down for like right. this many years I can see how someone would be able to figure that shit out now because Google does wonders yeah. and like libraries and shit but like yeah in the 1980s like, yeah I don't quite like, may, did he ever try any of the stuff on his wife before? Of course. Like, he was... didn't try the stretcher. That's the stretcher is, like, the part that I'm like... Right. I'll tell you later, like, what he tried on his wife. But, like, yeah, it was never to this extreme again. And he didn't confine his wife to, like, just of be course. lying down immobile for, like, seven years. Right. So that's that's the part where I don't get where this guy was getting it from. Right. Or was he actually just bluffing? But, like, you can't just do it, like, every night, just not knowing. Right. Just, like, doing mm. it and hoping that you don't go overboard. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, there are parts of this story where I'm just like, this guy just had some serious luck yeah. for so much time. 1,000%. So much time. Yeah. Okay, so she gets her privileges back in 1983. Well, privileges, basic freedoms, really. Like, just fucking getting some air and sitting for, for change. Mm-mm. Okay, so this is when she is even again introduced to like to the neighbors, you know, as a nanny, etc. And she is like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna call it. It's 1983. <laughs> like, I'm finally allowed to like breathe again." And again, like you see, like before, mm. she was like, "Hey, let me, you know, let me jog, let me have a Bible." Like once she gets privileges, she's like, "Okay, let's like try to recover like this world, like." Beyond how him, far she can yeah. Sort of beyond him, yeah. yeah. Or just, I mean, I think it was just literally distancing as well, like trying to find as many distractions as it is yeah. to obviously not confine like a whole world to this like situation, this routine that he imposed. Yeah. She asks him for a job, and he allows her to have one. So he drives her around again. This was what 1980s. No need for like CVs and shit. Mm-hmm. So he drives her around. She goes from like hotels, motels, and like she gets a job in a motel, mm-hmm. and she's super fucking happy. Finally, you know, for a few hours a day, she's gonna actually recover her life. Yeah, recover like what what she lost, and she's like, okay, fuck it, you know, at least yeah, I'm getting something out of it. Yeah, some semblance of normality. Yep. And now we're gonna move sort of towards the closure because it's 1983 and this was also the result in 1984 so we're gonna move on to the escape okay so a bit of like psychology because i kind of i I feel like i neglected his wife a lot in this story i mean she's like so sad (laughs) his wife is obviously such a great character (laughs) he's such a great family so uh, just to sort of explain the dynamics again of this family and how this escape came about did Cameron torture his wife before finding a sex slave? Sure as hell did. Did he stop when he found her? Sure as hell did not. In fact, so that deal that they shook on, didn't count. It's all great. With Colleen, like when it was all fresh and new, you know, like he would kind of only exploit the torture on the wife like monthly. But then with years, he started like um, doing it weekly again. And she was just this is not on why is this happening again so this is when she again went to church and then she would start actually like speaking up and confessing but like she went to one church and sort of like gave them like really vague descriptions and again how do you describe this and the pastor as i said thought um, yeah her husband is cheating but it's her duty you know to go back to like you know to her husband and like you know love him and she has kids god forbid right but in 83 (laughs) <laughs> this is like Cameron is like fuck the thing that we, we shook on mm-hmm. I am going to make Colleen my second wife <laughs> and you know like the thing where she kind of, she kind of went through a lot of things so she's like okay cool you have a sex slave you can't have sexual intercourse with her yeah what he does he rapes her yeah cool cool it's, it's okay we'll let this one slide right. and then it's like okay so after this many years yeah i'm not just gonna be like you know she's not gonna be just a sex slave she's gonna be my wife now and uh janice was kind of like this is not on I she snaps yeah. because but it's not just that what janice said afterwards but I think this part is kind of to save her own ass and not to serve anything, is that she thought he would start eventually abusing her daughters. 
abusing well both their daughters yeah. which is not far-fetched to be yeah. honest yeah, 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 it's yeah. not far-fetched sure. at all yeah i don't think these guys go like incest would be stop. you know yeah. something yeah but i think like she did say this part like to save her ass i think she was just done because like like she was confused in her head she saw this girl as her only friend but yeah. she's the slave yeah she's taking care of the kids but then again, so she just like can't make these connections in her head, but she cannot allow Cameron to have her like as his second wife. I mean, yeah. So the, I jeal- mean, the way the jealousy plays part, this is why this story again, I just don't... It's, it's very, all, like both of them make zero sense in their logic <laughs> leaps. To an extent, I get her being like jealous, right? Mm. Like she thought that if he got someone else to play out like all the yeah. hard, like hor- horrible shit that he's been doing to her or whatever, that they could just survive on love or mm. whatever. But like now that he's, it's not like he's in love with Colleen, right? Yeah. He's still just torturing her. Mm. But w- also on his count, like why is he marrying her? Like what's the point? What? is the point of any of this. Like, <laughs> this guy's like, why am I here again? This life. <laughs> like, why, why am I here, Maya? Why are we all in, like, 15 minutes into this shit? Yeah. Okay. Janice goes to another church, and she tells this pastor, like, actually what's going on. And he's like, yeah, this is, like, sin. Like, get the fuck out of there. Yeah. The weird fact, like, what people kind of need to understand, and again, I'm not fucking justifying Janice, but this is the first time that somebody actually said this is wrong uh-huh. to her in like how many times it's like no torturing is actually wrong so it's like in her head all that she endured before the marriage mm. and then within and then after like the sex slave is now suddenly finally somebody said no this is actually not how you should be living your life right. and now she's like she is properly confused and she's like what do i do so she basically is trying to like think about how to save like the girls but she needs to she knows she needs to speak to Colleen so she goes to her workplace so she goes to the motel and she sits her down and she just tells her the company is a lie we have been lying to you for seven years right. and Colleen is like okay great what basically Janice is like yeah don't go She's like, uh, no, I'm gonna get the fuck out of there. The company doesn't exist. My family is not in danger. I have been doing this for like seven years. Yeah. I'm out. And basically, Colleen asks her, okay, cool, just let me, like, let me actually, like, plan this out and get the girls, like, out of the house. So they go for, like, one last time at home, you know, have dinner as normal, you know. She goes into her box, and then the next day, um, Colleen is out. <laughs> she called her, like, through Janice, she called her dad and she was just like, can you wire me this much money, like, just to get a bus to, like, wherever they're obviously happy. They're like, yep, whatever, like, however much money you need, like, yeah. get the fuck home. Yeah. And just before catching the bus, again, I don't get the psychology of this. Mm-hmm. You, it's like, everything Colleen, like, does afterwards as well, it's just beyond me again. Basically, Janice asked her not to go to the police mm-hmm. because she's not safe, the daughters are not safe. She's like, okay, I need to do one last thing. And she calls, Colleen calls Cameron mm. and like, before she like onboards the bus and she's like, I know everything, um, I'm going. And like, it's just, how do you not have the fear? He's gonna yeah. come and get you. Yeah. 
But like apparently he like he just like starts weeping and crying on the phone. I'm like this is so sad. So sad for like so sad for Cameron. <laughs> it's like that don't be all please, Cameron, just show him some sympathy. Oh. Like the guy just lost his lame. <laughs> no, please. Right. Show some sympathy to oh, fucking Cameron. Yeah. This is again the bizarre part. So Janice actually realizes it's just her dependence on her husband, it's just beyond me. So she returns to him. Mm-hmm with her daughters but then again with time she realizes hey this guy is not actually just changing with uh, with prayers is he mm-hmm. like prayers don't help jesus doesn't help this guy like mm-hmm. whatever i do it just doesn't fucking help him so i think it was like half a year between colleen actually left and colleen like actually kept her word like she didn't report it to the police because of janice okay. and even during that period like they would speak like every day on the phone as well again this bond is just so understand like because i get where janice is getting the bond right like she's her only friend she's the only fucking person that she saw apart from cameron and his kids for like years but how is colleen like still keeping up and why is she actually yes still talking to one of her captors essentially right for this much time and janice realizes well we're going to church and you know pastor's actually telling her this is wrong mm-hmm. let's fucking get the fuck out of there and her realizing the camera is not changing now when she's gone he's actually focusing all the torture on his wife so she reports him to the police and then basically they go like she mentions colleen they go to her house she finally tells everybody everything they basically because this guy obviously kept everything so they find the coffin mm-hmm. they find like his whole torture gear yeah they convict him of several counts of kidnapping and sexual assault but they granted janice full immunity because she agreed to testify against him how old is um janice at this point she was really young so now i'm gonna go into the background they were all, I think they were all in their 20s when this was, yeah, when this was oh, happening. Shit. Like, she married him, I think, at the age of 15. I'll go oh, into, yeah, I'll go into okay. that now, like, sure. but, yeah, she, yeah, well, they were, like, really young. Yeah. But it's exactly because she met him during the teenagehood that this was that all. this, like, fucked This her. was all, yeah. Okay, so now we're focusing on the, just on the background of uh, Colleen and Cameron Hooker. That's, <laughs> like, the background of Cameron. The early life of Cameron Hooker offers few hints at the monster he would become. Like, seriously. <laughs> it's like, couldn't, couldn't have even fucking changed the script. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Okay, so his early childhood, he was just, like, recalled. I love that people actually interview, like, elementary school, you know, classmates. They're like, what was he like when he was, like, seven? Right, <laughs> was yeah. he okay? Was he displaying? Was he coming with whips into the class? Like, no. Yeah. Like, <laughs> No. Why are you interviewing people like they fucking witnessed him when right. he was young? Also, how would they remember? How many kids they see? Exactly. Unless he like did like some really yeah. crazy shit as a child, I don't think a teacher would be like, yeah, I remember. So camera, you see this baby picture? Tell me everything about him. They're like, who right. the fuck? Like they all look the same. Leave me alone. <laughs> Try to get my miserable salary. Oh my God. So they described him as a happy kid who enjoyed making other children laugh nothing makes sense in the story it's like great yeah is this i'm sure we're talking about the same cameron right apparently a seemingly normal childhood like no abuse or like stuff that you would see 
you know, sure. we the families that would display something like this. But then there is a record of him like that he would obsess with, with bondage since he was like five or six years old. It wasn't actually until he met Janice that, yeah, that he um, actually discovered like he needs a sex partner to like exhibit all of this. So Janice, like, just to play like the psychology of Janice, so she was the youngest in the family of four, and she was like constantly bullied by her sisters. And, like Janice had more fucked up family than Cameron somehow. Okay. Like the whole family would just like be telling her that she is unworthy of love. So she came from that background, right. like, and then met this one guy when she was fifteen. She was like, oh my god, like he loves me. It's all great. Yeah, so Janice admitted that, uh, so this is like a direct quote for, from her. So, no matter how good or rotten a guy was to me, I just kind of latched onto him. There's one event, like, from when they started dating. So there's different accounts. One one says that this was their first date, which I don't believe. I think this was, like, a few, at least a few days in. Or at least, at least a couple of, like, days in. That he actually brought Janice, like, into the middle of nowhere, like middle of the forest, and um, tied her like by her wrist, like from a tree, mm-hmm. and then yeah, just uh, basically abused her and whipped her, and then like she was, like she was properly like disturbed mm-hmm. afterwards. But like once he put her down, he was he was really like nice and calming and soothing, mm-hmm. classic like fucking domestic abusers things. Right. Like yeah. so great, and she was like, I never felt this love expressed afterwards. So it's kind of like it was all worth it. Right. And the thing, and this is how he started like manipulating her as well yeah. from the start. And he probably thought like he can do that with somebody else, but yeah. I mean, if she, it's he. I think lucked out. I guess who he ended up yeah. targeting. Because like if I, well, think, I think he knew. Like I genuinely think this was grooming from the right, guy. He like knew he immediately. Knew, yeah. Right. Is like he needed a submissive, and that's like what he was after. Right. Yeah. Straight up, because this was what they were both teenagers. Right. Like, yeah. So yeah. So like, cause like, yeah, if she had come from like a family that was mm. more stable and more like loving and giving mm. and whatever, she would have. I feel like if this was a first date, third date, sixth date, mm. she would be able to be like, no, this is not what I want. Yeah. I don't want this. This isn't love. I know what love is. Yeah, but, but she didn't. No, but considering love. you're saying like her family were like, hi, yeah, you're never gonna fall in love. No one's mm. ever gonna love you. Yeah. Just any affection. She's like, ha, see, I am worthy of love. Mm. That's so fucking interesting. So like she describes actually herself as the kind of person who gave in so somebody would love her. Right. It's just so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. Also, I, I mean, I get that this was dude, like. 70s and stuff don't go for like what your teenage mind is telling you ever <laughs> like, break yeah. up and don't go for like what your 15 yeah. year old is yeah. telling you fuck no so they got married in 1975 huh I actually didn't connect this this was only two years yeah it was only two years so he was already she was probably fucking done man imagine just two years of like torture she was of course like she would be like yep yeah, sex like great let's mm-hmm. let's shake on it yeah. I can't like I don't like how can you be raised in a normal family and know exactly what you want to do because this is quite specific yeah that he kept doing with his wife and then with the sex life as well so like th- these fantasies came from somewhere yeah. whether it was fucking like some disturbing magazines or some Has shit Have he done like interviews and stuff? Mm. I'm thinking, like, if he'd been interviewed, I'm sure 
Mm. There's got to be somewhere where he saw it. Mm. Like, I don't know. I can't imagine anyone just sort of coming up with this in the top yeah. of their head. You know what I mean? Mm. Like you're saying, it's like a super specific. Like, yeah. he must have seen it somewhere as a kid yeah. and been like, oh, that's interesting. I well, if happened. anybody knows or like found more research, let me know. Because right. that would be great to understand what the fuck, where did this guy see this shit? So there was this one point. I think this is when, like, when uh, she snapped and sort of gave him like the ultimatum, because mm-hmm. basically, well, he almost like killed her. So like, she would usually comply with everything. But one day, he brought like a gas mask home, okay. and she's like, no, like she just literally denied. She's like, no, I'm not doing this shit. But like, he, despite of that, he just like gagged her and like put a gas mask and like torture her, and, like under. Yes, miss. So she was like, "This was scary as shit. I don't wanna like endure this any longer." And that's when she was sort of like welcoming anybody else that he could display this on to. Right. She again just leave. Like, just imagine if she just again was brought by a different family, wasn't this submissive? None of this would have happened. Yeah. Or this would have happened probably to somebody else, mm-hmm. but might have been like a different outcome. Yeah. Because. He just had insane luck. Like, what if he actually didn't like, recognize immediately, hey, this hitchhiker, you know, like, then, like, from the conversation they would have in the car. Right. Like, what if it wasn't, like, another submissive partner? What if it was somebody feisty yeah. and was, again, just like, nah, I'm, like, I'd rather die, like, exactly. fucking, how would he have reacted, you know? Yeah. If he wasn't able to, like, brainwash somebody. Yeah. And, like, how much earlier might he be, had been caught? Like this story would have played like a lot differently. And this is again when I picture shit. <laughs> so this is when she agreed like he could take another slave girl. And I'm just imagining this in my head like she's prepping, you know, a freaking cradle and like stuff for a child. And he's preparing a coffin. It's just that like family that dynamics is just playing in my head. Like as I was researching this, I was yeah. like, just imagine this. Like they shake on it. Like okay, cool. I'm gonna go buy baby clothes. Yeah, what, what are you doing? Oh, you're you're prepping a coffin. Great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. It's like oh, boy, how was your day today? Coffin is almost done. It's how so how weird. was the baby clothes shopping? Amazing. <laughs> it's just like playing to this dynamic. I'm like, what are they dinner conversations? Like oh, what is life right. in the fucking Hooker family. Right? Like, I don't... I just... What do they talk about? Like, what is that dynamic for real? Like, outside of, like, the sex and the whatever and the torture, like, what did they sit and talk about together? You know what I mean? Like, what what, what chemistry do they have? You know yeah. what I mean? It's so fucking weird. Yeah, because again, yeah, like... If, if he torches him like after it's just like how do you go back to like oh it's just a normal day right yeah let's just go back to just being like a normal boy what is up yeah let's go watch some other whatever yeah. TV show it's just like yeah let's just co-watch another show and like yeah I don't know it's like black and white <laughs> like, black and white it's it wasn't black and white right okay fuck me it's like it's like Maya okay please <laughs> Theory was not black and white in the seventies. Oh, good. Okay. When it comes to Colleen Stan, so she actually, this is again, this proves nothing because you can have like a great childhood mm-hmm. and turn out to be the worst monster ever because mm-hmm. you're just like 
so yeah as we said like we both believe somebody fucking find this you know the sources for this but yeah we both believe like there must have happened like something must have happened at this early age to like spark this interest because colleen actually had like a worse childhood like she was molested by like her mom's boyfriend when she was a kid and then she got addicted to drugs to sort of surpass that molestation so she dropped out of high school and she was actually married as well she got married at the age of 16 she got pregnant but she didn't want the trial so this is sort of like why the marriage ended as well because she terminated the unwanted pregnancy and again like she was just like off drugs like um what to say off pregnancy it's not a term <laughs> it's not like legit terms and like she was back on her feet and like she finally was you know doing well it's like hey let's rebond with this friend like went hitchhiking and yeah this right. has happened she was recovering doing better for herself and she wasn't the monster he was yeah. with seemingly happier freaking background yeah the the happy ending that you want sakari because you fucking want your happily ever after i was like at, at the very <laughs> least she got out i mean all of this is just she's like it's okay she just got out <laughs> <laughs> like it's fine as if like yeah it's not like she's gonna have to live with fucking trauma for like i mean yeah she's obviously gonna have ptsd there's mm. no way you get out of that situation and you're not yeah. like fucking tortured forever but like mm. i don't know i just feel like th- there was a survival like so there was yeah. a death i think yeah maybe? <laughs> I like we were both like no in that situation we would want to die but hey she survived <laughs> they're like it's great oh my god okay so she is obviously living under a new name right. smart move okay so oh yeah so this is the recent interview because I think he yeah he, so he had appeal so this documentary that I watched was from 2016 he had like a parole hearing in 2015 so this was like post that sort of like hey let's make you relive all this story again because this parole hearing was not enough again so she said like she was happy uh, that yeah her captor of seven years is not going to be released Um, she received obviously intensive therapy after she um, escaped and uh, she went like she got accounting degrees like she again like um, got back on her feet yeah got married Uh, she is a mother and a grandmother and she provides help and support to other women who have been victims of abuse. So yeah, she's like, hey, she's like, she, she's our happy ending in this story. She, yeah, she turned it around. <laughs> yep. Oh, Which, oh. I mean, she's genuinely cheers this woman, because I don't know, like, how I would, right, yeah. like, what levels of therapy you would need to, like, endure to just, yeah, continue with your life. Um, okay, so let me, yeah, tell you what happened with him. You know when the sentence starts with despite, that is not going to be the happy ending on that part. So basically, despite of him being convicted for like multiple counts of kidnapping and assault in 85 and being sentenced to, as I said, like 104 years in prison. um, So he was given parole hearing in 2015 and they were like, "Mm, nah not gonna happen apparently the state of california which again we have no idea what's happening in these different states but they have a parole program for elderly inmates that allows prisoners over the age of 60 to request parole after they have served 25 years of sentence which means because he had in 2015 he will be again eligible for another hearing in 2030 when he is gonna be 76. this guy has another chance yeah that is beyond me like how how do you 
First of all, I just... He, I mean, obviously he doesn't have any remorse because he's a psycho. Yeah. But, like, I don't... I just... Because, like, parole, right? It's like you're you're admitting, like, hey, I did something wrong and I'm sorry mm. for it. Mm. Like, does he at least, at the very least, recognize? That was... That was a weird one. I actually have no idea about that. Should we, should we Google that? Should we let people like let us know? Like, I need to piss. Wait. How do you... No, I'm just, like, talking to myself. Right. So, Maya and I, we've been friends for eight years, I think. Because I moved to London in 2012. And that's... We know each other through university, we both study journalism, um, and yeah, that's why I'm here, or like partly why I'm here. Talking to myself. You're talking to yourself. Yeah. <laughs> You're just gonna have like, like there's like a minute of me just saying nonsense. <laughs> I just feel like anything like the law, this goes in, logically, it's not like this two hour episode. <laughs> I can imagine if I was not to even edit this, this literally be two hours, people would be like, fuck this, Maya, like, we are not this in. Okay, what do you think the motive behind this was? Like, wh- why are you doing it? <laughs> like, deviance. I mean, I don't want to qual- like put that as the thing, like, he's mm. psycho, because, like, you know, it's just, I feel like it's definitely something, he's got to have seen something mm. as a kid, yeah. and thought that, oh, this is, I want this. Yeah. And, like, power like that, right? Once you exude mm. power like that, once you find yourself in a position where you can just do whatever you want Mm -hmm. to a person and they don't retaliate i feel like you get hungrier and hungrier to see how far you can push it yeah before it breaks you know what i mean Mm. like even like as a kid you know you you when you like (laughs) spite your parents see how far you can push a situation Mm. before you get in trouble for it yeah and so i think that's possibly what happened is that he had this obvious like deviance or whatever whatever Mm. introduced it into his mind but like once he tried it out on um Mm. jenny's like initially and she didn't like immediately go fuck you Mm. i'm never speaking to you again go to hell or whatever he saw oh wait let's see how much more i can do this to her Mm. and then he reached a breaking point with her but then introduced Colleen into the mix mm. and pushed that to the nth degree. Mm. And her breaking point, for some unknown reason, mm. is him wanting to marry Colleen. Yeah. And so, like, I think, yeah, it's just like he got hungrier and hungrier for this, like, power that he had, which is, like, yeah. sick. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah, like, I mean, I put the same thing. So, like, yeah, that he was, like, a sadist, so he had this complete power. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was, at some points, like, even more prevalent than, like, the pain mm-hmm. and the torture. Because, like, you remember how, like, how paranoid he got, yeah. like, when she was out of 
out of his reach and like she he had no control of knowing what she's telling her family so i think like at certain points it was more about like the power than the actual like torture of Mm. course it doesn't can justify the actual torture like makes sense a little bit for when he started introducing this company blah 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 all that stuff Mm. it's that like it's really giving him like getting more and more power over her mental state as well just her yeah. body and yeah. so like it, it just it doesn't justify but makes sense to me yeah. at this point where i'm like okay i guess what he's doing at this point is trying more and more to have like absolute control over a person yeah because obviously I researched for like this month and they kind of all have the similar plot like Toy Box Killer and Gary Heidnik again mm-hmm. would like try to have somebody completely under their control say it was a month of sadist so I think like he found in both of these women like a partner who can share this with mm-hmm. to as much he didn't care about consent like clearly right. but like with him and with that dream of like having sex slaves like that you know nice dream to have like nice fucking aspirations to have i think like that allowed him to exploit sadism because it's not just one person he's having two and he's having completely like i think different power exhibitions towards both of them because it's different dynamics right yeah one is his wife she does have his kids but he still has complete control over her Mm -hmm. because like he did it for years prior to this and then one is like completely as like that slave master relationship yeah so it is like the ideal thing for him because he doesn't only have one person to dominate he has two yeah so yeah so i think like he just had like complete power yeah over these two women like found himself in a perfect situation for whatever the fuck this guy actually has seen to exhibit in like in his teenage years somewhat out there fucking <laughs> you know? somebody will reach out to so, be like how can you fucking research this much and not research this part <laughs> Maya fuck it google it bit. <laughs> like it's right here okay <laughs> but what is with white men in like 70s and 60s with that haircut like yeah. oh, what is with a haircut and those creepy serial killer glasses oh what is life yeah. life was just different people were like different kind of attractive back <laughs> different kind of attractive for sure <laughs> actually shit I never looked up does she have the custody of the kids cause that's some fucked yeah, up family again let us know everything that we missed out you know where to fucking <laughs> find me and be like Maya no they're like or you know just yeah she has she's a great mom right now be like fuck no but yeah, yeah does like, she have the custody that's of the a kids? really weird cause like obviously she is a victim to mm. an extent mm-hmm. and then but there is also that thing where it's like she was an accomplice yeah. for a part of it you know mm. and it's like did they at the very least give her mandatory therapy or something where they're like yeah, yeah you did some really fucked up shit you have to go to this many like therapy sessions in order to prove that you can live among society or something. Mm. You know? Because, like, at the very least, she, she also needs fucking therapy, right? Yeah. So clearly, I mean, if she, like, didn't realize for years until one person told her this was wrong. Right. 
like yeah she probably still might think like parts of it were okay yeah. like so yeah she definitely needs therapy i think the <laughs> final note is that yeah. at the very least colleen mm. like picked up whatever pieces were left of her life yeah. and made something was mm. able to like persevere i mean it's like very shitty thing to have to yeah. experience and then also have to do extra work to not feel shitty all the time and i'm sure she like still goes mm. through stuff like yeah. that kind of thing doesn't just like disappear or whatever but yeah. like at the very least she was able to like pick mm. up her life and now she's helping people yeah. yeah i think that's inspiration i mean just for that that survival instinct whatever kicked in mm-hmm. was for a good cause to be honest yeah. yeah we never know like what what we would do in those situations either yeah, yeah we can only hope hey we will come up with an expiring story like this afterwards as well right. and continue our, our lives in, in that light so yeah, let's leave it on that note. Uh, let me just run for the sources and then we chat the file. Our interesting true crime. Yeah. Yes, hit it, hit it. This is already almost two hours. I'm gonna love this editing. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna cry tonight. It's great. Okay. So the sources for this podcast have been Ranker.com, Red Handed Podcast. By the way, if you don't listen to Red Handed, listen to it. Mm-hmm. It's two British girls that don't sound anything like me, of course. Mm-hmm. But like they actually yeah, properly nicely research and they kind of swear as well. And one of them is like my spirit British animal. Mm-hmm. Podcast, of course, no podcast, hostage. Mm-hmm. You know that I'm obsessed with like hostage situations, right? That you don't get. Yeah. Didn't know that. But okay. No, you, you. I think I discussed it with you. <laughs> Can't even go for fucking sources properly. I think I discussed it with you, and you don't, never understood because you were like, "Swear you said like, but they're all like similar, like they're all boring, like kind of thing." No. They're not. This month proves that, so kind of, They're not all boring. I'm okay. The thing is, I'm just. I'm not a fan of like crimes that aren't closed. That's my thing. Mm, like yeah. when we don't know who the perpetrator is or we don't know where the body is things like that i hate that Mm. because like there's a family out there who doesn't have answers yeah that's what like fucking i'm like i can't deal with any of those Mm. stories yeah okay other sources crimeinvestigation.co.uk investigation discoveries documentary it's called the girl in the box the kidnapping of colleen stan it's available on youtube as well you can see how she looks like now and then all that's interesting website okay it's kind no, what will be fun? I thought it might be great, because I had you here, you know, to finish this on like an actual fucking positive note. Um, discussing, well, if you have any recommendations in terms of shows and uh, podcasts, shows, podcasts, Netflix series, and crime that you are like listening to or binging on right now. Um, she's I'm like my Riverdale like, agree. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bitch, what the fuck? We spoke about, about Riverdale. Uh, <laughs> we spoke about Riverdale, bitch. Like, what are you on about? <laughs> I mean, I've sort of taken a little bit of a break from like true crime itself. Sounds really healthy. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I watch fake crime instead. You watch what? Fictional crime. Oh, because that I don't know. Because it feels. It's not a full break. It's a kind of, what, what It's a doing? break. It's a break because like there aren't real people, you know, behind those stories. I mean, some of them are inspired by real stories, but like, for the most part, it's just like a really fictional universe, and like impossible things are happening. You know, uh-huh. so I watch like quite a lot of that. Um, a lot of 
different language stuff. So stuff that's like Dutch or like okay, yeah. I watched where did you find this on Netflix? If you literally like a a bunch of crime stuff, I can like look at my list right now. Would you would you search for fake crime? (laughs) It's like true crime, fake crime. It's like how many searches on Netflix a fake crime. Fake crime. Crimes that never happened. <laughs> like, what? That's why I'm like, what do you find this? What are you on about? Like, are you on about, like, movies that are just, I just yeah, fictional? Like, just things like Criminal Minds and stuff. Just oh, stuff okay. that's, like, not mm-hmm. necessarily based on mm-hmm. real-life events. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I do have quite a few podcasts and stuff that I do yeah. about true crime, so I can give you that. <laughs> Um, female criminals. Okay, yeah. Because um, I find it interesting to, I don't know, women who do horrendous things. And I'm like, yeah, women can talk <laughs> as well. Um, I thought this was going to go in a different direction. Like, women can be criminals as well, guys. Please stop underestimating. <laughs> She's like, oh, women can suck. Okay, yeah, that, that's a healthy approach. <laughs> Once Upon a Crime. I like okay. that one as well. Um, like, they, she goes through different like topics at times mm. so like times it'll be like a few weeks of like celebrity murders or okay like, cool. stuff like that. So, wait is that whoa is that Korean what's her name is that the one that did Charles Manson is it once upon a time in Hollywood is it that one no no no, no, no okay I'm gonna cry okay I totally miss her then Esther Ludwig different person i'll definitely check that out <laughs> sure um there is case file true crimes mm-hmm. this is like a australian guy i believe <laughs> what is the accent not like thick no, enough? It's, it's, it's thick enough i'm just like trying to remember and murderous minors because i also yeah find kids like insane children like mm. fascinating just like yeah how a child can already be at the level of like yeah you know yeah i'm definitely planning to cover um like a child murder like a little minor murder in yeah. in march because that would be interesting to yeah explore from the multi perspective as well mm. so uh, can we go back to the fake crime thing because <laughs> i want to know what the fuck do you watch this fake crime i'm like trying to would you i never heard of people because it's, it's just like fictional like csi okay. and shit so like, like okay it's not... so like how to get away with murder, that kind of shit yeah okay, cool. but like um it <laughs> tends just... to be like procedural dramas that okay. i do Okay, I just never heard of it before this fake crime. That's why I'm like, wait, did the crime happen? Are you <laughs> no, just into the like the crime that has never happened? <laughs> I mean, it's it's crimes that happen, but like it's not based on true stories or whatever. It's just like oh. someone murdered someone, but it's not real. And so there aren't real victims and mm. stuff like that. I mean, it doesn't make it any like completely less like horrible to see at yeah. some points obviously it's still like dark but like at least you know it's not a real person you know you know what i was playing in my head i was playing like crimes that never happen which is like oh hey somebody's been like i don't know stabbed with like a lollipop or like <laughs> weird ob- like weird objects that's what i thought about when you were like fake crime fake I was crime. Like, 
Fake crimes. Things that are magical and impossible. I know. It's like, what the fuck is fake crimes? Like, hey, notebook, like, hits you in the stomach and they die. I'm like, what is going on? It's like, this is on Netflix. (laughs) Yeah, no. I like Le Chalet. The what? The Chalet. I've heard of It's French. Uh It's like, it takes, it sort of takes place on two timelines. Mm -hmm. And sort of, um... Like people just start dying off and stuff. It's I I I recommend okay. that one. It's it, it's fun, uh, but like there was there there's sometimes where you're like confusing timelines because there's so many different characters, and then you're mm. like this is them in the past plus more characters from the past, okay. and you're like what's happening? So like sometimes <laughs> keeping track of it all when you're just reading subtitles can be a lot. Mm. But the soap opera choker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was it was I kind of liked it. I quite mm-hmm. liked it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I thought it might be interesting for us to like share. You know, so that people know why we are this disturbed. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Like, can you pinpoint like a particular thing? You know, in your in your childhood where you were like. Hey, I have this interest in true crime. It's it's healthy. It's not you know pushing it right, <laughs> to the point Cameron Hooker pushed it. But yeah, it's healthy and this is something gripping. Yes, uh, can't share it. I actually don't know this, do I? I I don't know. Probably you probably do. I my interest came from Scooby Doo. Say what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know this. Say what? Scooby Doo. Please, please. The cartoon, the ni- the seventies, uh, team detective uh cartoon <laughs> with the talking dog yeah because i it was because it's like very formulaic things are happening they find clues etc right okay and then i sort of graduated to like at, when i was around 10 i started watching like csi mm-hmm. and stuff like that and then around 15 ish is when like um um, crime investigation and investigation discovery mm. was available in South Africa mm. and so I was able to like I was like oh okay this is just kind of more of that because like I'm I more and more as I was watching like CSI and shows like that I was finding it really interesting the sort of psychology behind mm. it and just sort of like the theme of this podcast the motive <laughs> um, so like why do people do this and mm. so true crime is just a more real extension of that where it's Mm. like these are real people these are real crimes this is what real psychology is because like i mean at one point i wanted to be a psychologist obviously Mm. i didn't do that because um, (laughs) that's a lot um but yeah that's where my interest comes Mm. from yeah, mine is also well connected to investigation discovery. But I think generally for everybody, it comes like early teenage years where you're like, no, I, I'm okay with this. Like, as in, this is this is disturbing, mm-hmm. but like I have this interest, and like, wow, it's just yeah, not not stopping. And then, well, you can either push it towards the people, you know, right. towards where the people I discuss on this podcast about push it, or you can you know have a healthy interest and have a podcast because <laughs> there's a quite a broad gender. Like, yeah. We'll podcast uh, about that now. <laughs> no, you will love this one because you know obviously all of the investigation discovery shows. Okay. Basically, we moved to this house 
I think I was 15 as well. So, like, before that, I was, like, you know, picking up on different shit, like, telenovelas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> telenovelas crime was my Scooby-Doo version of your life. <laughs> yeah. Like, my parents, I cannot describe it. Please, you, you know technology better than me. But basically, I had um, access to TV on my desktop. Right of the computer so it was like some extension you would put into like the hardware thing and sure. then you would yeah you yeah. know you know I'm about no you don't you fuck it so yeah. I had TV in my room totally totally great idea mm-hmm. <laughs> to put a TV into a child's room and give them access to investigation discovery yeah sure. she's not gonna stay like up at night just like oh, what is going on or what's up <laughs> so like I was kind of hiding it from like my mom because she was like squeamish and she, she was like this is weird why you know why don't you watch rom-coms and act like a girl like you know right yeah. <laughs> act like a girl that i wanted okay <laughs> but my dad was like so basically i would have investigation discovery and i was obsessed with everything from like the mortician dr g mm-hmm. paula zan the whitest bitch on there paula zan, <laughs> paula zan. Queen. Uh, what was her name? Aphrodite, Aphrodite Jones. Aphrodite yeah. Jones. Like yes. everything. But like my dad, like that current obsession again was, what's it called? I almost got away with it. Okay. Remember that one? Right, yeah. <laughs> so like my dad condoned it, but like I would always have these discussions because like when I hear, like I know sort of who is in front of my room. So if it's dad, I don't change. <laughs> sure. If it's mom, like yeah, yeah, just watching this random thing, like watching the news, mom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, maybe my dad and he'll be like, we're watching that show again. I'm like, dad, this one, like, really seems like a genius. And, like, it's just always imprinting in my head because of what my dad said. My dad just looked me, like, dead in the eye. He was like, if he was a genius, he would be able to, like, get away with it. I was like, huh, interesting. And that's, like, sort of where, like, the interest for, yeah, the motives came, came with that. Like, with all of those shows. But I always love when we meet up and we watch anything. <laughs> we always find the most bizarre episode somehow. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, see, I'm also interested in, like, horror and psychological thrillers mm. because through the same thing, like, I just like to understand why things happen. Yeah. Motive is way more interesting to me than the crime itself or mm. whatever. Like, obviously, I'm not sitting there, like, relishing in the fact that someone died. Yeah. I'm just like, huh, so what causes a person to do this? Yeah. yeah, that's, like, one of the things that I sort of said, like, why I started this podcast is... Um, there's, a, there's a show, of course, and this, it's called Snapped. But, like, trying to explain why people, like, people like us, mm-hmm. like, what makes, like, a common human, like, just actually snap, where you're, like, they have a seemingly normal life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, they, they went, like, you know, they study or they didn't study, whatever, they like having their job, they have their friends group, and then they just, like, commit some crime. And you're, mm-hmm. like, how did this actually happen? Like, what were the triggers that could have been picked up on? Right. Like, exactly. in the past. So, yeah, so that's sort of how this came about. <laughs> Once a guy is like two plus hours, wanna plug your podcast? Plug your shit, Sakai. Plug your shit before this fucking sunlight. Alright. Did you say I'm gonna have so much fun editing, yeah? Yeah. Little shit. <laughs> little shit, you know? She's just like, ah, oh, this is somebody else's job. Yeah, because. <laughs> I edit this out because that was a perfect segue. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I have a movie musical podcast with my friend, and we do, as I said, we watch like a movie musical, and then we sort of talk about the plot, and then the songs, and all that stuff, 
So we're both like theater nerds. So that's what, I don't know, it, um, brought me to it. It's called Tell Me More, Tell Me More, the podcast, based on the lyrics from Greece. Oh. Uh, tell me more, tell me more. <laughs> I never um, knew that. God, I saw a good life. Yeah. You never got that before? <laughs> I just thought, hey, this is a nice, I mean, because it's really niche as well, so yeah. I love it. So I was like, okay, she just thought a title, thought of a title, you know, that nobody else has, and yeah. I, it's easy to find. No. Okay. No, it's a lyric from uh, Summer Nights from Greece. So, yeah, it's, we post every two weeks. Mm. Um it's a fun time give us a listen we're on spotify and google podcasts and apple podcasts etc uh yeah look us up tell me more tell me more the podcast and even on instagram and twitter we are tmm tmm you see that's what i thought easy to find guys yeah Yeah, Yes, yeah, so, so check Sakani out. Interact with us guys on Twitter and everything. Yeah. And yeah, I might have her as a host again, so you endure for like two hours of an episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yet again. Oh yeah, um, after this episode, you can head uh, to the multi-podcast Patreon page, because I'll be discussing Sakani for about 10-15 minutes, the coping mechanisms that hostage victims might or might not implement because that's what this whole month has been about so maybe we learn something from it or maybe we fucking haven't mm-hmm. and in the meantime keep making world a better place one motive at a time bye